0: Travel back in time to the 80s,
1: reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. (laughs) Everybody Wang Chung tonight. The movies.
2: Yes! 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 Oh! Oh! Oh!
1: I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. Great. you probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows
0: what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in L.A. And today we wind the clock all the way back to the 80s. Well, that'd be a first, wouldn't it? To talk about our firsts. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and
1: the CLNS Media Mobile App. You can also listen to our podcast at the CLNS Media website. You can find it at clnsmedia.com in any browser of your choice. And hey, since it's a new year, how about you be our friend on social media, too? Just like our page on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.
0: Hey, get your mind out of the gutter. We're not talking about those first today. Sorry, Madonna. Sorry, George.
1: Right, because thankfully we've erased that from our minds. But here to help us recall all the other memorable firsts, it's our old pal Jen with one N.
2: Hey guys, I feel like I haven't talked to you in an age. Like it's actually been since the eighties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's been a couple of months. That's I've for talked sure. To yeah. Since
1: last year. <laughs> Bad oh, joke. good
2: one, Brad joke.
0: <laughs> so originally, we came up with this idea. As a great idea for the first show of the year, but we just couldn't quite pull it off in true, stuck in 80s fashion. Everything, you know, we had to have an like, opening act. So last week we were like did our running show. through
1: molasses around here, you yeah, know? Yeah, I mean,
0: it's, dude, we got things to do. But the idea was that as we sit around and we talk to each other offline all the time, we realize we have some interesting stories that maybe we haven't had a chance to shoehorn into a particular podcast episode. And at the same time, I thought, you know, first year of a new decade, first podcast of the year, for, well, first podcast month of this year. Let's do a show on our firsts. I wanted to be the first kid on my block to get a confirmed kill. So here's the idea. We don't really have an agenda set forth.
1: We're not staring at a... Oh, I have an agenda, but it's a secret agenda. <laughs> yes, of course it's a hidden do. agenda. You some bitch. But, we, we, you know, we
0: jotted down some My notes. mother was an angel. <laughs> We jotted down some notes. We'll have some fun. Uh, we'll have some seggies. We have a new seggy for you for the new year. I, I hope you enjoy it. It's just as self gazing and uh and uh indulgent as this episode yeah, itself. New year.
1: Yeah. Same old us.
0: And uh, cool. But, but we'll have that and we'll we'll have some fun and we'll <laughs> we'll all hold hands and get through it together. How about that? Okay? Let's do it. Love it. Okay, Brad. Mr. Sarcasm. <laughs> Why don't you kick it off with your – give us a first that that we haven't heard about yet.
1: So I think I may have talked about this in the past. My first car was a 1972 Triumph Spitfire that I bought when I was 15 years old. So I didn't even have a driver's license yet for $200. The car was not running when I bought it. And the only way that you could tell that this derelict chunk of metal and rubber had changed hands was that I pushed it the 20 feet from in front of my neighbor's house to in front of my house. (laughs) And my mom came out front and was like, What's that doing here? And I'm like, Oh, I just bought this. <laughs> she was Oh my gosh. Um, I don't think she was particularly pleased with that, but you know, that's okay. So I had that car, I kind of nursed it along and took terrible care of it at the same time somehow. You know, got it got it running to the point where I could drive it around the little town I lived in. And then right before we moved to California, I was like, There's no way this car is gonna make it all the way to California. So I sold it. And much to my – even now, this is surprising to me. I got all of the money I put into it back out. Wow. wow. How yeah. did you
2: have the money to pay for it in the first place? What job w- w- did you have?
1: Uh, at that point, as a 15-year-old, I was working at the movie theater. Um, okay. And before that, I had – well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, at that point, I was working at the movie theater, and I think I was also after-school janitor at one of the elementary schools. What? So I would okay, go. So I would this go sweep is movie up, janitor money. I would go sweep up the classrooms and empty trash cans. Oh wow,
0: nice. That yeah, that's a far difference from my first car. I had a nineteen eighty Pontiac Sunbird that we also bought from a neighbor about twenty feet away, and it was held together. It literally had rusted out holes in it that I put duct tape over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, as long as it doesn't rain, you're fine. Yeah,
0: and. That's what I learned to drive on, and then right before I turned
1: sixteen,
0: my uh, my mom her first car ever was a was a Ford Mustang. Mm-hmm. So right before I turned sixteen, they were driving by a Ford dealership and they saw the the brand new nineteen eighty two Ford Mustangs, which were like kind of a retro design, such as it were. So right. they they bought that for me, which is incredible. I mean, I don't I think I was the only kid in my school who had a brand new Ford Mustang, but sweet. It was such a mess. It, I took it to college, <laughs> and the engine would catch fire like on a twice monthly
1: basis. <laughs> oh, oh my oh, gosh! Wait a wait wait a minute! Wait a minute! The engine would catch fire regularly. Like well, what how, happened? It, how did you know, that even you happen, it off, Chief?
0: When you turned it off, it would it would kick and sputter, and then that would mm-hmm. spray gas on top of the engine, and then that would <gasps> catch on fire.
1: D- Dude. I don't yeah. know. Are you alive?
2: I, that's true, right? <laughs> fire in the dorm, fire in your car. Yeah, oh, yeah. my God.
0: So I remember one time I was parked outside a bookstore and my, I, I walked in the bookstore while the car was still puttering. And they're like, Everyone starts screaming, look, there's a car outside on fire. I'm like,
1: oh, shit. And you're like, sorry. yeah, yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> so you went to watch it.
1: So they, they <laughs> go. what car
0: that is. <laughs> the, the manager of the bookstore. By the store. way,
1: that's called dieseling when it runs on. Your okay. engine was dieseling.
0: Yeah. So the, the manager of the bookstore runs outside with a fire extinguisher and puts it out. And before I can even say thank you, I remember he was like, hey there, chief. You're going
1: to pay me for the fire extinguisher? <laughs> <gasps>
0: i was like are you serious he's like yeah man this is like twenty dollars
1: put it on my tab
0: i I did get the was it you said it's called dieseling yeah okay so the dieseling got fixed but then the transmission was hosed and then the only way i could change gears was using a butter knife
1: i have to wedge the steak knife yeah so never a cheese knife only a butter butter
0: knife. knife so i i had that until geez like 19
1: in the transmission itself
0: no, no, I mean like it was like it was an automatic transmission, but it was <laughs> locked, so you had to like take the okay. butter knife and jam it in there to, like,
1: to pop it, pop it to pop the release. Yeah, yeah. So nice, lovely. Ooh. It's like anti theft device.
2: Totally, it just bursts into flames as soon as somebody gets near it. I was afraid to get my license for a really long time, so I didn't get mine until I was a senior in high school. So my is from 1991, and I never got a car. So move on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Give us a good first gen.
2: Okay, so I was thinking about this, and the first thing that popped into my mind was my first R-rated movie. So my first R-rated movie, I was Flashdance. You
0: can't be honest with yourself. How the hell are you going
1: to be honest with me?
2: Now, listen to me, Nick Curly. I don't need you telling me what to do. And I don't need to hear your shit. I'm not a baby. I went with a friend's mom. I was sleeping over one of the girls who was in my softball team. For like one summer, I was in some sports activity, and it was softball. And so I slept over her house. Her mom was like cool mom, so she took us all to Flashdance. I remember it was packed, and uh and I just that's probably where my love of the movie started. Right, it felt so sure. like subversive and awesome. Right, and um and so but this my story with this is the people that I was staying with stayed in a motel. So have you guys ever seen a movie that takes place in Vegas and you see this above ground pool that's got like windows in it?
0: Uh, yeah, sort of.
2: You know what I'm talking about? It it, it doesn't pop up as often, but it, every once in a while, especially in like a independent movie or something, but in mm. big films once in a while too. So it's the if anyone knows what I'm talking about, it's a motel out in the desert, which is now not so deserty, but it back in 84 sure. it was. Um and th- this was the pool that they stayed at. So I got to swim in that pool overnight and I got to go see rated right our movie. Wow.
1: Living the so dream.
2: <laughs> it was it, for a kid you were like oh my god this is yeah. the best pool ever because you're like That's swimming underneath goal. yeah and you look out the window you see like cars going by
0: i can remember my first R-rated movie I, well it, it's a difficult question because the first one i think i went to was stir crazy and we bought tickets to another movie and we snuck in to stir crazy
1: but we got uh-huh. we got kicked out uh-huh. by an usher uh-huh. about uh-huh. 15 uh-huh.
0: minutes into it
1: you must have done something because generally, they speaking, don't care. Ushers don't give a crap as long as you have a no, ticket. No,
0: I'm telling you, this is this is this is frontier justice in Florida. They they kick uh, you out just huh. for the fun of it. So, a year or so later, I mean, I
1: wasn't above that when I worked at the movies, but
0: right, we know you're a rule follower. It's true. Anyway, a year or so later, that I conned my dad into buying me tickets to see. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I am so tired of dealing with incompetence. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. It's a pretty hard R, let's face it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. I I had more questions than answers at the end of that movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So what were were you, high school? Like freshman? Yeah, would have been like
0: freshman maybe. Yeah, that was 82, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, early. And then I also remember... I think this was in middle school, because I think Private Benjamin came out in 1980, and my uh-huh. my my girlfriend's mom took the two of us to see that movie and sat right behind us. So that was fun.
2: Ew, that's uncomfortable, though. Wait,
0: wait you were dating when you were
1: in seventh, eighth grade?
0: Eight, it was like eighth what a f-
1: eighth, eighth player. Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Jeez. Jeez. It's
0: Florida. It's Frontier Justice. That's going to be my line, this show.
1: So... <laughs> I can't remember my first R-rated movie, I have to say, and that's probably just because working at the movie theater, there wasn't any, like, I worked there so I could go to see whatever I wanted. They, they didn't right. care, right? So, I just don't you have know, a okay. firm recollection. Probably something like Risky Business or, I don't know. Could have been anything.
2: Can you guys guess what my first rated R movie was on VHS?
1: Oh, I have a pretty uh, yes. good Flashdance? No.
2: No, we've talked about it at length. Purple Rain. My family rented it from Captain Video and I got up on a Sunday morning very early to watch it because I knew there were boobs in it and I knew that my parents would never let me watch it if we were watching it together. They would make me leave the room. It's zapped. What? Zapped? Anyway. Oh yeah. my gosh, really? Yeah, that was my first VHS rated R Oh, movie. that's fantastic. That's a, yeah, that it is was fantastic. Pretty, I, it, pretty great. I still own that on
1: DVD. That's what's even yeah, sad. I'm
2: sure you do. <laughs> no, that's um, awesome. We've
1: talked about this movie before, and I will maintain there is a sweetness to that movie beneath all the ridiculousness.
0: Oh, the soundtrack is epic.
1: So, yes, it is.
0: So, so Brad, okay, we've given you our scandal ones. You, you give us something scandalous.
1: Oh, okay. You want something scandalous from at least a scandalous to me at the time? Yeah. Um. So the first B I ever got on a report card in my <laughs> life was my last quarter of my senior year in high school. <sighs> that was when I broke my streak of uh, four point onus
2: senior yeah. year in high school,
1: senior year in high school, my last report card in physics. I got a B.
2: Oh my God. And, know. Uh, and you were never heard from again.
1: <laughs> well, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was humbling, a little humbling. I have to say it's kind of funny because let's set the record straight here. Uh, in Western Oklahoma, uh, getting A's was not particularly challenging. The Oklahoma school system wasn't pushing me that hard. And I realized at one point, like I was cruising for a B in biology when I was a sophomore and an A showed up on my report card. And I'm like, "Huh? (laughs) I'm getting graded on my reputation, not my work. This is amazing. Oh my God. I don't have to try. Yeah. So basically, (laughs) exactly. Take your foot off the gas, Brad. You don't have to work that hard. But my, you know, when I moved to California, apparently they didn't get the memo. That oh, I'm Brad no. Williams and I get A's. So, you know, I mean, one B, it didn't kill me, but it was like, it was kind of like a brick hitting me in the head. I was like, whoa, I didn't know that could happen.
2: Is this what life is going to be like? <laughs>
1: yeah, basically. And then I got to college. I don't think I ever had straight A's a single term in college.
2: How'd you do in physics in college? Did you get better? Um, I think I got
1: B's. I think I got B's. And I was happy with that, you know? That's I never consistent. took physics yeah. in my life. Thank God. Me neither. <laughs> but uh, had to, we had to take five terms of it. What? Oh,
2: engineering! Engineering. Yeah. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll Believe counter- me, you want your engineers taking physics.
2: Yeah.
0: I'll counter your first B with my first F grade. That that's that's a difference in the quality of of educated co-hosts here. Uh, <laughs> I am I am the dunce. So, senior year in high school, I took calculus because at that point in my my life, I still wanted to be an accountant when I grew up. So math huh. was. Huh. Important. <laughs> do accountants do a lot of calculus? For some reason, I'm over-pronouncing my T's this show. I didn't see that coming, but it's there. So calculus, I took my senior year. I could, I could not comprehend it whatsoever. I didn't have the greatest teacher either, I should have But just, I'm not a math person in general. But it all came to a head one day when I fell asleep in calculus class and woke up two classes later. In my, oh. They just
1: left you there. They no just one noticed. left me there oh. for two just Threw a tablecloth over him. The,
2: oh, Spicoli over here. The, oh, that's that's amazing.
0: The, the that teacher amazing. said, don't I wake don't Steve. No. <laughs> the teacher said, don't, don't wake, wake Steve. He needs to sleep. He needs to sleep. And so I woke up yeah. and I start looking around and I don't recognize anybody. And of course, everyone's got this real straight look on their face for it a good 10 seconds and then they just burst out laughing and then i'm like <laughs> okay i overslept obviously i'm gonna get up and go to my next I class over,
1: no not not oh i fell asleep in class i overslept like i meant to sleep through calculus yeah. but I wasn't, <laughs> my alarm didn't another, <laughs> I wasn't gonna stay here for another i was gonna stay here for another two hours oh
2: so it,
0: the worst is yet to come if this is possible i realize i'm in the wrong class i get up to go to my next class I do not realize that both my legs have fallen asleep in the process.
1: Oh, so oh I f- no.
0: So I faceplant <laughs> with all my books in my arms, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I, I start asking that Miss, Mrs. Tillis, I remember her name, Mrs. Tillis. Mrs. Tillis, can I have a pass, a hall pass to my next class? She's like, no, you know, you fell asleep. You have to live with the consequences. <laughs> and I'm literally pulling myself across the floor of the classroom because my feet, my legs have yet to wake up. So it's me and oh my God. book bag crawling through the class of people mocking me as I, by the time I finally get out the door, I realize it's like, I don't know, one thirty in the afternoon. There's only about an hour left of school anyway. So I just, I got in my car and I drove to the <coughs> mall and I think I played video games for the rest of the day and then went home and pretended like the whole thing never happened. And then the next day I just went in and basically said, look, I can't. Can't pass your class, and so she basically took pity on me, and she made it like a study period where I could go to her office and do my homework, and I just I wouldn't be interrupted. (laughs) I could just, and I got my (laughs) F. You know, that's the way they F'd you out. Wow, it didn't matter. I'd already met like my math requirements for graduation. It was just like an elective at this point, so it didn't really matter. But anyway,
1: and you can't, uh, yeah, you can't drop a class in high school.
0: No, no. So that's not like college, and. There we go. Finally, it feels good to get that
2: out of. The- <laughs> so, do you feel better?
0: I do. Jen, do you have any like uh, embarrassing first?
2: I'm going to switch it up, and and this is sort of a triumphant first, not to anybody else except for me. Um, so it was I've, I was a freshman in high school. It was the fall of my freshman year, so I was it was 1986. Okay, and it was a homecoming dance, and in our school. I was living in Hawaii at the time and it wasn't like a big deal. Like our football team wasn't great. Like none of the sports teams were great, but there was still a dance. So I went to my first high school dance mm-hmm. and I danced for the very first time in public. And I was so nervous and I was like really, I mean, in ninth grade, I was super self conscious, but I, I had gone with a group of friends and we were like going to have a sleepover afterwards. So there was already like this like good feeling and camaraderie. We all felt very safe, but for the first time and I'll never forget that feeling of like I felt like I was like jumping off a cliff because I was like oh my gosh I dance by myself all the time to Madonna probably but to other things too <laughs> but but the very fir- but the very first song and it was the song that like pulled me out onto the dance floor and I just started dancing and I had and I was like this is what I do now but it was just like Heaven by The Cure and I was like I mean it's in the name <laughs> it's in the title of the song it felt so good and, and I, I as you know you've, you've been on a 80s cruises with me a couple times now i love to dance i love it love it love it it like releases my spirit it feels so good and that was the very first time i did it in public and i will never forget that memory
1: My first concert, I'm going to caveat this a little bit. This is my first rock and roll concert. I know I went to plenty of concerts in Oklahoma City at the Myriad with my church youth group to see the likes of, you know, Amy Grant and people like that. Oh. Um, but so, you know, maybe that counts. I don't know. You know, I moved to LA and I'm like, oh, everybody comes to LA. I'll be able to go to shows and it'll kind of be great. And it just didn't really materialize. Like I didn't have friends that wanted to go do it too. So, I didn't really go to a lot of shows when I first moved here, but my first big concert was uh, Genesis on the Invisible Touch Tour. Wow. At the Forum. Yeah. And I mean, it was a hot ticket. My sister had an extra seat, which, you know, I guess she does listen to the show. So I'll have to ask her if she did that knowing she was going to give it to me or if it really was just happened to be an extra ticket. But my next door neighbor in the dorm was going that night with his girlfriend and, you know, like, oh, ha ha, I'll see you at the concert. Ha ha ha. You know, it's what, a 35,000 seat arena? Of course, you're not going to see him. Well, sure enough, he was sitting right in front of me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> awesome.
1: Yeah. But I mean, it was a great show. Yeah. Jim, what about you?
2: Well, mine comes with a bit of a caveat. Um, I saw. I, I haven't seen a lot of concerts in ever, except for when you go to the 80s cruise and you see like 50 million concerts. But um, yeah. the first concert concert, like, I, I'm with Brad. Like This is like the first cool sort of rock show I, I went to. I was in college i think i was a sophomore in college so this is this is the caveat part it's the 90s but it was r e m which i kind of grandfather into being an 80s band in my mind it sort of straddles sure. the those two decades it was r e m they were touring the monster album and i got real close here's a fun 90s tidbit luscious jackson opened for them do either of you recognize that name
1: no i remember the name i couldn't right. name the song to save my life
2: <laughs> it's the most 90s opening act i can think of but anyway that that they opened for r e m It was an outdoor show in Boston and they came on and I got pretty close to the stage and I got to, you know, experience the like unbelievable charisma that is Michael Stipe. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you have you've ever seen R.E.M. in person, you just see why he's a rock star. Because it seems like when you look at pictures and you hear his voice very unusual and he doesn't look like a typical rock star. But when you see him in person, you're like, oh, (laughs) I see now. (laughs) Because he was so like he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. Yeah. It was just really an entertaining show. I love that album. I just became like a Michael Stipe. Fell in love with him a little bit. I'll say it. I'll say it. So that was mine. R.E.M.
1: Interesting that he's one of those guys that just like the charisma kind of comes off of him. Because you're right, I'm like really Michael Stipe. I mean, he always struck me as kind of an unlikely frontman, but I did never see them perform. So yeah, yeah some people
2: either. are just like that. It's crazy. I was
0: lucky. I remember a lot of details about my first concert, and and there are no caveats attached. I even remember the date, October 22nd, 1981, at the Lakeland Civic Center. I saw Journey on their Escape tour
1: with Loverboy opening up. I think we're done here.
2: I know. I was like <laughs> lame. No. <laughs>
1: I, I, I think, so mainstream, whatever I
0: think I lost 10 percent of my hearing that day. it was I, I never had encountered anything so loud in my life. It was general admission. We got there early, so I was probably within the first there was no chairs on the floor, so but, I mean it was scrunched up there within what would be what have been the top you know first ten rows and the only reason I got to go <laughs> this is sad. the only reason I remember the date is because October 22nd was my mom's birthday.
1: Uh, So if you
0: don't think that I got some grief and some guilt about, hmm. not only did I go to that show, but my dad drove me to it So, mom's home
1: alone with my sister. (laughs) Sneething. Did your sister pick up a little bit of the slack there? She probably just ran you down the whole time. I'm here because I love you. Steve, on the other hand, (laughs) you should write him out of the will now. I don't even know why you're going to pay for his college.
0: (laughs) I I think the tickets cost like $12, you know, which was a crime back in the day. My mom and I used to, at that time of our lives, got into a lot of fights. Um, Okay. You know, I was not a respectful middle school or teenager. You know, ninth grader. I think I was in ninth grade at that time. Not a very respectful son. She had reason for cause, and at one point, she grabbed the tickets and tore them halfway through. Like ah. you're not going to go to this concert, whatever. And she tore them halfway through, and I I flipped out. <laughs> she didn't tear them all the way through. The day before the concert. <laughs> I had my first ever dermatology appointment. Okay. Oh, I
2: can't believe you, you're you burying the lead here. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Your first dermatology appointment. I think my that's what this story is about. Because I mean, like all yeah. ninth
0: graders, we had runaway acne. Mm-hmm. And mm, yeah. that, that doc turned me into a pin cushion that day. And I came home with ice packs all over my face. <gasps> and she felt so bad this was her idea to send me to the dermatologist. And I came home looking like Joe Lewis on his last fight. And I don't even know why I'm dropping like a 1930s reference, but it just seemed appropriate. <laughs> Stuck in the 30s. I, I kind of liked it. <laughs> she felt so bad and, and with such pity that she let me go to the show on her own birthday. And I remember buying a concert T-shirt at the time, which I'm sure it was like size large or size medium or whatever. <laughs> Whatever fourteen-year-old Spearsy would would have worn at the time, you know. Of course, it's long disintegrated. But for some reason, about ten years ago, Journey started selling these retro concert shirts, and you could buy the exact replica concert jersey from the from the Escape Tour. And so I was able to buy it, the exact same shirt I had, and even on the back it shows October twenty second, Lakeland Civic Center, Lakeland, Florida, on it. And I still have that shirt to this day. Does it fit me so well? That doesn't really matter.
1: (laughs) That wasn't the question.
0: (laughs) I have it and I worship it. Thus, I will never forget uh, my first concert. You know what else I'll never forget while we're here?
1: The The Seggies. What's happening, hot stuff?
0: Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for Mystery Movie Moment. Our first Mystery (laughs) Movie Moment of the year. How's that? I remember my first Mystery Movie Moment. Anyway, we'll play a, a snippet of a movie from the 80s. If you get it right, you're entered into the uh, contest, the drawing, the sweepstakes, as it were, for some swag. And I think we're still giving away the postal-friendly bottle openers. And I, From what I understand, Brad, the one that we sent to Canada
1: finally did arrive, right? No. It's here on my desk.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: I thought someone mm. got it.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> well, that's a great
1: story. That almost was.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, Brad, can I suggest a New Year's resolution for you?
1: (laughs) No, I don't do New Year's resolutions. I'm awesome already. I don't need to change. Oh, wow. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) There's that?
0: Okay, pay attention. Here's the uh, mystery clip from the last time we did this, Seggy.
1: What's the point? It's Lonely at the Top? It's not Lonely at the Top. Oh, maybe around my birthday and at sunset. And I've read a couple of weekends it would have... Raised out was even a really normal person.
0: It was so long ago that that's actually a Christmas one. That's Scrooged. <laughs>
2: oh, well.
1: <laughs> Our heart was in the right place. Brad, read some of the winners. Okay. Winners this week include Stephen Halifax, Joseph Perdue, Dr. Jean-Marc Bovie in St. Louis, Mr. Aaron Carpenter, Brock in North Dakota, Lou Sweet Lou, Grilly, Nate Chops Johnson, Chris B. Critter. Phil from Adelaide, James Crabtree, John in Dallas, Hermit Jack, Donnie Gettle rhymes with metal, Jonathan Thompson, Rock the Good Ag, Cliff from north of Detroit, Tom Corn in Austria, Matt D in Oregon, Jeremy in St. Pete, Brian in San Francisco, Surreal, and Charlie Wright. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. The American Express card. Don't steal home without it.
0: If you know it, email us at podcast at sitds.com. And tune in soon to find out if you're a winner. Ah, by the mystical refrain, it is time for Name That 80s Tune. We will play a piece of an 80s song. If you get it right, fame, fortune, bottle openers, friends. Oh, let's not go crazy. <laughs> All of this awaits you here in the, in the wonderful future that we've invented for you. Pay attention. Here's the clip from last time. That same old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg.
1: When I heard this clip, I knew that Steve was at the tiller of the ship because, yes, he picked. Mm-hmm. Depressing holiday song for us to enjoy. <laughs> I guess we have to alternate well, between this and Fairy Tale in New York at Christmas time, huh? Yeah. I didn't make as big of a deal this year
0: about Fairy Tale in New York, but I I still listen to it on uh Christmas Eve. Anyway, Jen, you're our special guest this week. Why don't you read some of the winners?
2: Love to. Steve in Halifax, Joseph Joe Bob Purdue. He must be related to Joseph Purdue. Tommy Doucette in Boston, but dreaming of L.A., Lou Sweet Lou Grilly, Becky the Rocker Pixie, Kirk in Friendswood, John Damakis, Crispy Critter, Alan Titus, Tom from It's Not My River, New Jersey, James Crabtree, John in Dallas, Hermit Jack, Donnie Gettle, rhymes with metal, Kevin Mackey, Jonathan Thompson, Janet JFK Not. Rock the Good Ag, Cliff from North of Detroit, Regina in Pennsylvania, Carol Parrott, Dave Dirt, Lynn with three, three N's in Nebraska. Eric in North Seattle, Jeff and Charity in Virginia, Anastasia in Colorado, Carlos M. Hernandez, Jeremy in Saint Pete, Ann in NorCal, Brian in San Francisco, and Charlie Wrights Well, that was a tough one, huh? <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry. <laughs> Hardly
1: anyone got we'll softball it. Softball <laughs> yeah. for the end of the year. Well listener
0: appreciation. Yeah, <laughs> Jen, grab the wheel and spin it. Let's find out who our winner is.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh, Dolid. It. Gonna go for hours.
0: And it's going to land on Cliff from north of Detroit. Well, that's good because you couldn't be south of Detroit because then you'd be in Canada, right? Well, you could. Maybe I'll learn that from the Journey song. Yeah. Anyway, send us your postal address and we will send you a bottle opener. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. And tune in soon to find Final a Wiener.
2: It's a mistake.
0: What's this you say a brand new segment I say it is uh, this is we're going to call this it's a mistake and uh, we're going to kind of use this to sort of fess up to some of the errors we've recently made in the podcast so when we make errors, which pretty much happens
1: every
0: uh, every time, every other every time show, we open our mouths we'll try to clear the air here and the, the first it's a mistake we had is an interesting one because we it's a, it's a mistake upon a mistake upon a mistake. So there's a town outside British Columbia or in British Columbia outside Vancouver called, we thought it was called Chilliwack because that's how you spell it. And We're not Canadians, so we don't know. I got an email from a trusted Canadian friend who said we were mispronouncing it. It's actually Chilliwack. So I'm like, okay, fine, Chilliwack. Noted. And then he messaged me like two days ago and said, I'm sorry you misunderstood me. It's pronounced Chill." uh whack not chili whack not chill whack chill chill whack. whack
1: hmm okay chill whack noted so now we know
0: so there we go brad did you uh have an error i, I have up an on?
1: error of omission that should be rectified uh in a recent episode uh, steve was asking me what song we danced to at my wedding
2: and ah uh, yes I, I was wondering myself
1: remember i seriously couldn't remember and i of course, I said, I'll just make sure Katie doesn't listen to this episode. So two days later, <laughs> she goes for a walk, and she walks in the door and closes. It's like, you bonehead. <laughs> Maybe not quite that strong. <laughs> but uh, she reminded me that our first dance was to the song Edelweiss from Sound of Music. Which is a lovely waltz.
2: Oh, oh however, I love that we song. We do not consider
1: oh, but- that our song. That was just something for us to dance to. Our song is Walking on Broken Glass by Annie Lennox. Right. Interesting.
2: I think you've mentioned your song before on the show, but definitely not Edelweiss. That's the first time I've heard that word on the show.
0: Jen, what was the first dance at your wedding?
2: Um, I eloped. <laughs> <laughs> we had a small group of people and, and uh, my godparents had a beautiful house like in, on the coast in Hawaii, beautiful islands in the background. Uh, and so it was a song by Mike Doty from Soul Coughing. So totally inappropriate for this show. That is that is such a 90s-slash-odd song. It's not even worth mentioning. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But I love Edelweiss. I think that's a beautiful song. I was saying to my best friend Lucy the other day that you know you're a grown-up when you stop caring about that goat song and you start liking the Edelweiss song when you goat make song. that switch. <laughs> you're like, I hate that song. I love this song. But when you're a kid, you're like, this is the most boring song. But now I love it. Edelweiss is like the... German
0: national anthem in the TV series Man in the High Castle. Really? On Amazon Prime.
2: Oh, so interesting.
0: That's, so that's a little Austrian. darkness for you. Or it's yeah, the theme song to this now. TV
1: show for sure. Huh. so I did not know that. Didn't
2: know anyway.
0: that. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, if you have an air you'd like to report, as always, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Look out. We're out to prove a point on roads like this and roads like this. Whether you need the guts to take on Laguna Seca or the mileage to take on Elm Street, USA, just remember there's only one company in the world that ever built a Mustang. Here comes new, here
2: comes now, here comes forward.
0: Boy, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, let's play What's Your 80s Obsession? <laughs>
1: Brad, what's your 80s obsession? My 80s obsession for the last week or so has been Adam Ant's album, Friend or Foe. I am very excited to... I, we talked a little bit about this on the last show. I think that he's been touring this album, doing playing it in its entirety. Yeah. He did the East Coast swing last year, and this year he's coming to the West Coast, and... Uh, he's actually playing in LA a week after my birthday. So I said to Katie, Hey, I, that would be a great thing to do for my birthday. So I think some of the eighties, uh, cruise fam is coming for the concert too. Fun. Yeah. So I've been listening to it pretty much nonstop and remembering how much I like it and kind of, kind of reconnecting with it a little bit. I know I talk about that from time to time, but you, you know, you really ought to go dig out an old cassette that you haven't listened to that you really liked 30, 40 years ago and, and re- remember why.
0: Yeah. Good advice. Okay. Jen, what's your 80s obsession?
2: Mine's sort of a holdover from the holidays because I got such an awesome present. (laughs) I I look at them every day and I'm just i so excited about them still. But um, I mentioned my best friend, Lucy. She got these for me because she knows me ever so well. I I wasn't expecting them at all and you'll know why when I tell you what it is. But I got three figurines, like action figures, still in their packaging and they're of the characters from Break-In. Oh my gosh. So we're talking... Kelly slash Special K Turbo and Ozone, and this is the best. Turbo has the the um, broom that he uses in his dance, where it's like sort of Fred Astaire-ish kind of dance that he does with his with this broom that you can totally see the string that's the wire that's moving it around. But yeah, so these they're beautiful. I love them so much, and I opened them, and I like. I was speechless. I did not know what to say, mm-hmm. and my daughter w- was like, "Let's open them," And I said, "No." <laughs> No way these will never be opened ever 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 because they're they're perfect the way they are and so now I've got them in my office like leaned up so I can see them every nice. single day but they're amazing I never even knew they existed and I never knew how much I wanted them until they became mine
1: <laughs> that's awesome yeah how about you Mr. Stevo
0: I'm going to use my 80s obsession for, for one more final first if you don't mind seeing the band Rush the first time and Obviously, there's a reason for this. I mean, we lost the professor, Neil Pert, Rush's drummer, died this week at age 67 of brain cancer. And I, Rush is one of those tough bands for me to explain or wrap my brain around. I, I loved them like 1980, 1981. I remember having the album Moving Pictures and. I saw them for the first time on their exit stage left tour. They used to always tour spring uh, dates in Florida, so they could go to spring training games
1: because they were huge. <laughs> Funny, I didn't
0: know that. Fans of the Toronto uh, Blue Jays and the Blue Jays trained in Tampa Bay. They still do. So every spring, if Rush could could range it perfectly, you'd always see Rush touring in the spring. And so they came through on exit stage left, which is interesting because they're touring to support a live album, but that's Rush for you. And I loved them for years. And then when the album Signals came out, I think in like 1984-ish, I think. And 1984 was just such a big year for new wave music. And I I switched. I I became this gigantic new wave fan. And I stopped listening to bands like Journey and Styx and Rush and stuff like that. Because I just couldn't reconcile the idea of prog rock with new wave. You know, and... Even the, the basic people you hang out with changes at that point, you know, the basic crowd. But the song that I'm still drawn to was from that last album that I bought of theirs, with Signals. They had a song called Subdivisions, and everybody knows it. It's a, it was a really popular song. And for some reason, the closing lyrics always get me. Like most of their songs written by Neil Pert, he wrote, Any escape might help to smooth the unattractive truth. But the suburbs have no charm to soothe The restless dreams of youth And in 2017 Neil was asked during an interview And he, he didn't give a lot of interviews He was a private person he, it's not, he, he was uncomfortable with the fame That Rush brought him So he didn't do many interviews But when he did he really opened up And the interviewer asked him Is Subdivisions an autobiographical song And he perked up And replied quote, Extremely How we turn out as adults has a lot to do with the way others saw us in high school, unquote. Of course it does. We've essentially been saying that for 15 years now and Stuck in the 80s. We just didn't know how to put it into those precise words. So leave it to the professor to give us one final lesson on why we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s.